Welcome along to this bite-sized edition of Tax and Lunch. Thanks for joining me. I'm Vincent Lachardi. You're listening to the podcast for tax advisors to high net worth individuals, wealthy family groups and private clients. I'm really excited that you're joining me for this episode. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your team so they can also gain the inside perspective. Let's listen in. This coming week is the biggest week in tax for accountants and tax advisors to high net worth individuals, wealthy family groups and private clients since the introduction of the capital gains tax in September 1985. What we will see is the ATO's publication of rulings, practical guidelines and alerts that will affect tax planning strategies across the country. In particular, where those strategies involve trusts and naturally where the trusts are used to split income amongst the family group. Practically speaking, I don't think there will be any accountant or tax agent in Australia whose clients won't be affected by these new rules. If your clients employ trusts as part of their tax, commercial, asset protection, or intergenerational wealth transfer strategies, then this isn't a week to miss. These new rules will also apply to testamentary trusts. For those of you who are wondering, what is this all about? Well, it's reasonably straightforward. If you have a client who uses a trust within their group, and that trust makes companies, sometimes called bucket companies, presently entitled to income, but the trust doesn't actually pay out that entitlement in cash, then the new financial accommodation rules could apply. Further, if you have a strategy where you distribute income to adult children who are beneficiaries of a trust to take advantage of their tax rates, which are adult tax rates when income splitting, then the ATO has you in its sights. These new rules could also apply in the context of lost trusts, especially where an entity is made presently entitled to income, no tax is paid, and the funds go somewhere else or to someone else who wasn't the person made presently entitled to income. That will usually be the controllers of the private group. The ATO this week will be releasing four key publications. The first one is Draft Tax Determination TD 2022-D1. It is the new Division 7A ruling for UPEs or unpaid presently entitlements for amounts held on subtrust and when those amounts become the provision of financial accommodation. Tax ruling 2022 D1, Section 100A and reimbursement agreements. This will be an extraordinary tax ruling to read. I just can't wait. PCG 2022 D1, the 100A reimbursement agreement ATO compliance approach. This is where the ATO will tell us how it intends to administer the new rules in its ruling. And last but not least, a new taxpayer alert that will be taxpayer alert 
2022 forward slash one, and it will cover parents benefiting from trust entitlements that are distributed to their children who are over 18 years of age. This will be very interesting. I'm gonna give you my thoughts on this one shortly. Although the publications haven't been made available on the ATO's website yet, there's a few things that we already know are probably on their way. I'll run through what I expect to be published this week. The position adopted by the ATO on some of these issues really shouldn't be a surprise to those in the industry. Just so you know, I think there's an error on the ATO's website. We should have all of these publications available for download from the 23rd of February, 2022. That's the middle of next week. However, for one of the documents, the ATO says that it will be published on the 25th of February. Let's wait and see what happens as to the specific publication date, but I think it will be sooner rather than later. So the first tax determination on UPEs. The draft determination describes when a private company provides financial accommodation within the meaning of section 109D, they are the loan provisions within division 7A, where that company is made presently entitled to income of the trust and the entitlement remains unpaid, hence a UPE, or the trustee sets aside an amount from that trust that represents the entitlement on a new separate trust. And sometimes this is called subtrust. We've had subtrust arrangements now for the best part of a decade. And so it will be very interesting to see how the ATO changes the rules going forward. We are expecting some significant changes. The final TD is proposed to apply from 1 July 2022. So it's not far away now, probably four or five months, and this new TD will apply. The old tax ruling on UPEs TR 2010-3 and the practice statement 2010-4 will be withdrawn going forward. The draft determination which will come out this week also clarifies the ATO's proposed compliance approach and provides practical examples of the administration of new timing requirements. So we are expecting significant changes to the way the ATO will implement these rules. And I'm expecting at least to some extent, subtrust will no longer be permitted by the ATO. The ATO also will tell us how it intends to devote compliance resources to subtrust arrangements from prior years, especially those that either comply with the old rules or potentially comply with the new rules. I've got no doubt that there will be some accountants in Australia that unfortunately get the documents mixed up. The consequence of that is that they may end up applying what are new rules to old subtrust arrangements. Overall, I think it's pretty clear the ATO will be changing its position on subtrust. Otherwise, there'd be no need for it to issue new guidance and new compliance approaches going forward. 
especially when part of what the ATO is already saying is that it won't be devoting resources to certain trust subtrust arrangements established before the end of this financial year. We're expecting to see this particular TD come out on the 23rd of February, that's next week. The next publication by the ATO, which we publish next week, is its new tax ruling that will be issued in draft on section 100A. Practitioners have been literally waiting years for this new ruling. The draft provides the ATO's view about what is a reimbursement agreement for the purpose of 100A. It will also apply and provide the commissioner's view or the ATO's view on key elements of 100A, including a purpose of eliminating or reducing income tax and an agreement arrangement or understanding entered into in the course of an ordinary family or commercial dealing. That will be significant. That particular phrase is taken from the old section 260 and case law on those provisions, effectively the old part 4A. In my view, it's reasonably clear what the ATO will do here. The ATO is likely to take the position that UPEs that remain unpaid, and that's a UPE by its very nature, simply could not be an ordinary family dealing. To put another way, if a trust makes a beneficiary presently entitled year after year after year after year, and that beneficiary never calls on their present entitlement, and so the entitlement remains unpaid and in fact grows year after year after year, the ATO will take the view that it's reasonable to infer that the family member was never really entitled to the funds in the first place, and so 100A could apply. I think this will be a significant change across Australia to the way that accountants and tax agents implement income splitting for their private group and high net worth clients. This is definitely one to watch out for. When the ruling is finalised, it's intended to be retrospective as well as prospective. So it will apply both before and after it's issued. The next publication issued next week will be Practical Compliance Guide, as I mentioned, 2022-D1. It will be the ATO's compliance approach for Section 100A. Effectively, the ATO will be telling us how it intends to implement its views set out in the ruling from a practical point of view. The draft guideline sets out how the ATO proposes to differentiate risk for a range of trust arrangements, especially those arrangements where it says Section 100A could apply. From the ATO's perspective, they say that this particular publication is designed to provide greater certainty to taxpayers and their advisors so they can actually assess the level of risk with relation to a trust distribution arrangement. And then they can then determine the level of engagement they can expect from the ATO. This sounds eerily familiar to the stoplight system that we've got 
in the PCG for professional practice entities. And I expect that we will see a similar stoplight system, red, amber, and green, the 100A arrangements, and the way that the ATO will actually use its resources to chase clients. Now, the way I see it's this. The ATO will again introduce this traffic light system, but it's not yet clear what those parameters will be. I think overall, it's likely that the parameters though will include an effective tax rate calculation and the determination of how many years since a beneficiary has drawn on their entitlement. So if you've got an adult child, the child perhaps of your client, and you've been distributing $80,000 of income to them for the best part of five years while they're still at university, there's a good chance that the ATO will try to apply 100A to that type of arrangement. Let's see what happens this week, but it will be very interesting to see these examples, especially where over time, those children either, one, don't actually know that they are a beneficiary, or two, have never actually drawn on their entitlement. Now, the draft ruling, as I mentioned, will apply both before and after the date of issue. However, the ATO says that it won't administer the ruling in respect of previous years where the ruling contradicts with content that was issued or published by the ATO on its website in 2014, where that publication and its application is more favorable to clients. So that will be very interesting on what we see. And last but not least, I think this taxpayer alert will be perhaps one of the most significant that we will see in the context of private groups and high net worth clients for the best part of the next decade. This particular arrangement is so prevalent that I've seen it time and time again, and I expect that most practitioners use this type of arrangement for their clients. The fact that it is so prevalent will naturally cause some worry in the tax community for practitioners because the ATO is sending the clear message that it doesn't like this particular strategy. So let's work through it. It is where parents benefit from the trust entitlements of their children, where those children are over 18 years of age. Clearly in those circumstances, the client is taking advantage of the ordinary adult tax rates available to children over 18. The alert, as I mentioned, is taxpayer alert 2022-1. And it sets out the ATO's concern relating to arrangements where adult children of the controller of a discretionary trust are made presently entitled to trust income in circumstances where the children are never intended to actually get any benefit from that particular entitlement and really where the arrangement is predicated on what the ATO say is avoiding tax. In effect, the splitting of income to reduce the effective tax rate 
amongst multiple family members. We're also expecting to see this particular publication put on the ATO's website next week on the 23rd of February. Now, what we've seen in recent times is that the ATO appears to be adopting positions that aren't necessarily grounded in the law. The way it is doing that is by saying to clients, and I'm paraphrasing, we won't review or audit you if you fit within certain parameters. That's the stoplight system. Now that's oversimplified, but it's exactly the approach that we have seen with the publication on professional firms in the recent PCG. It seems obvious to me that that will probably be what the ATO will do again here. It's simply impossible for the ATO to audit every trust arrangement through, throughout Australia. And so it needs to use a big stick and it needs to use a bit of a carrot too. As always, please get in touch if you or your clients are in dispute with the ATO about these issues. They are more complicated than they appear from the documents that we've already seen on the ATO's website. And I suspect they will be more complicated than the documents that are published next week on the ATO's website. It's crucial though, you don't have to go this alone. You do have help, please simply reach out. As always, as I always say, please get in touch early. Give yourself and your clients the best chance of success.